You can't sit around idly and just wait for things to happen. Um, you have to put yourself out there and, and prove your value in whatever you're doing. Welcome to the Sky Society podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, pancake lover, wine addict, and founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome to another episode of the Sky Society podcast. Today, we are with Emily Drake from New Beverages. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, Emily and I are both enjoying nudes right now, so I will cheers you virtually through the camera. Yes, cheers. <laughs> and our guest can't tell what. I was just telling Emily that she sent me boxes and I had them in my fridge and like every single person that came over to my house is like, going for the nudes over anything else. And I hadn't even heard of them before, but they like try them and they're like, this is great. Has like, yeah, super healthy. So, um, Hey, yeah, you can't be zero sugar, (laughs) zero carbs, like minimal, pretty branding. No, that's the attention. Can't help it. And Emily did not pay me to say that. So that is authentic (laughs) for me. I'm sponsored. Um, but welcome, Emily. So today we're going to dive into a little bit of your story and how I eventually led you to where you are now as the influencer and PR manager at Nude. Um, but as all great career stories do, they start with a trip to Europe after graduating as a some self-discovery to find yourself. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what happened there, because I know you struggled with figuring out what exactly you want to do within marketing, because marketing is so broad and I get this question all the time and girls are like, I literally don't even know where to start because I got a degree in marketing and I have no idea exactly what I can do with that. So kind of what happened with that self-discovery in Europe and how you ended up narrowing down your focus to find your first job. Yeah, totally. So yeah, leading up to my eat, pray, love moment, <laughs> just kidding. It was not that deep. Um, but, uh, you know, during my time at San Diego state, um, I actually was very focused on, on marketing I knew I wanted that to be my major in high school. Like I was really obsessed with fashion magazines. Like I could name you every single model in Vogue. Like I was really like obsessed with that. Oh my gosh. I knew going into college that I wanted to do marketing. I just didn't know how that would actually look in the real world outside of like moving to New York and working at a magazine. Like which isn't even exactly marketing, but I mean, there are so many facets of marketing. Like it is, it can be daunting. Um, But yeah, so, you know, I knew that I wanted to be like within the industry in some, some capacity. Um, And so I did get some social media experience while I was in college. And I think that was really helpful, but um, yeah, of course, you know, when I graduated, I wanted to go to Europe. I wanted to just like take that opportunity to have some fun. I didn't have the opportunity to study abroad So that was something I thought would be important before I like, you know, really get things started in my career. Um, And so when I returned, like I rented an apartment, I used my savings, put down my security deposit and first month's rent. And then I had to get a job. Like, so there's no other option. (laughs) 
yeah, like I, I actually did not narrow down my focus <laughs> when I came back. Like I was applying for dozens and dozens of jobs on LinkedIn. I mean, honestly, like I'm really glad with how everything turned out. Like I kind of took the first thing that came my way. I had to pay my rent. And so, I mean, that was kind of like a kick in the butt, like, okay, get started and, and see where things go. But yeah, so I had no idea how to narrow my focus at first. And that was definitely um, troublesome to start. Yeah, I, I felt the same thing when I started. And it's funny because one of my first jobs was also, or I did influencer marketing when I started, but it was just by total like coincidence and chance that I ended up there. And I know it took you a little while before you got to influencer marketing, but at the beginning, we just like, I remember just being like, oh, someone will pay me. Like, that's all I, that's enough. <laughs> I don't yeah, even know. Yeah. Like you're used and to getting restaurant check jobs and then all of a sudden to get like a real job is just like so much when you're just starting. Right. Totally. And I mean, all experience is good experience. So I was just super grateful to have a big girl job, like be working full time and gaining experience and, you know, having a, a real company email, you know, all of those like small things are so important when you're just starting out your career. So you know, yeah, start where you can and, and you'll figure it out from there. But, um, yeah, my, my first job was doing sales. I was an accountant executive at a, um, ad tech startup. So not at all fashion magazine Vogue lifestyle that I had envisioned (laughs) as a high schooler, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it still was really good experience to just get started. And account executive is something I hear a lot. And a lot of people who want to get that marketing job, but can't get it. They often will start with a job like that. So what made you leave? What made me like leave my job was honestly, like I was looking to get out of it for months and I just knew I needed to do something that I was really passionate about. It got really tough at points. Like, you know, the sales experience is great. The people that I worked with were awesome, but it just was so like soul draining at some points where I was like, I need to do something where I'm passionate about, you know, the work that I'm doing, like what I'm putting out there. And so I actually resorted to applying to like retail positions. And I think it was a blessing in disguise that those didn't even work out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like overqualified for these things and I can't even get them. And, and so the way that I landed my next role at the handbag company, um, I had applied on LinkedIn a year before, and then the person they hired instead of me didn't work out. And so I was contacted a year later, like, Hey, we still have your resume on file. Would you like to come, you know, hear about the role? And so that's how I, I landed that. Um, I mean, goes to show you that like put effort into all of your (laughs) applications because you never know who's going to call you back (laughs) a year later. That's probably the longest I've heard of like that's how long it took to get hired, but it it worked out. Yeah, it totally worked out. And and so, yeah, my role there was um, director of social media and marketing. Um, So I got to oversee like the whole e-commerce and direct to consumer side of the business. Um, Our handbags were mostly sold wholesale. um, And so I was kind of running like the whole other side, which was really awesome. I mean, I got to put my hands into everything. So then you headed to BioClarities. Yes. Okay. So at BioClarity, this was your first time doing influencer marketing. So talk to us about that experience. Yeah, I, I got into influencer marketing specifically. In my previous role, I had worked with influencers a little bit, but only in like a gifting capacity, which at the time was, you know, more common than it is now. 
Um, but obviously I didn't know a lot about info. I didn't know like all the ins and outs of influencer marketing because I had only ever sent them like a handbag in exchange for a post. Um, so I was really excited to kind of see how that actually worked. How do influencer posts translate into sales? Like when someone, when I would email an influencer directly and they'd say like, oh, my rate is X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay, well, we barely sell like 10 handbags a day. Like, how is this going to justify <laughs> like a sale? So it was, um, it was definitely an amazing learning experience going to BioClarity where like we, that was our number one goal is, is conversions as a direct consumer company. Um, and so I got to learn a lot. For influencer marketing. So you said it was still a small company, but did you got to work with some bigger influencers at BioClarity? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We, um, worked with a lot of like bachelor nation people, a couple, um, you know, bigger celebrities. One of our longer term partnerships was with pro surfer, Bethany Hamilton. Who's what? Super cool. no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when I say we're a small company, like we definitely were like, there were, I think there were like 13 of us. And no one ever believed me because like, you know, anyone who knows about BioClarity is like, oh no, you guys have to be like bigger than that. But like, no, small <laughs> company, big footprint. So like we were all working super hard. And uh, like I said, everyone was so smart and so amazing at their roles. And so yeah, influencer marketing being a small part of that. Like we, I did get to work with some awesome influencers. And were you the one who like reached out to influencers or like, or, or like, was just like, Hey, Bethany, like, do you want to partner with us or <laughs> how did that work? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it, it's a little bit, um, more complicated than that. I mean, I would say like, I do, I still do rely so much on, um, you know, my colleagues within the influencer industry. So I work with a ton of amazing agencies, um, influencer managers, and oftentimes they'll put forward clients of theirs and talent for me to review. Um, so that's a really common way to find influencers. Um, but yeah, for Bethany Hamilton, we really wanted to kind of target that, um, you know, the people within like her lifestyle, she's beachy, she's fun, she's natural, she's confident. And, and so she, she's definitely an example of like, okay, we want, like, we want to associate and align ourselves with her specifically. Um, so yeah, there are, there are many ways of finding influencers, but yeah, sometimes it is just emailing the email address in their bio. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. We're definitely, I want to dive a little bit more into the technical side of influencer marketing and like how it works and why it matters. Um, but first you have to get to where you are now, which is new to beverages and you're taking experience from BioClarity and helping them build out their influencer marketing program. So tell us a little bit about new beverages. I know we're both sipping them right now, but talk to us about what new is and then what you're doing uh, building out their influencer marketing program. Yeah, totally. So um, Nude Beverages is a clean beverage company um, founded in 2017. So pretty new um, out of Vancouver, Canada. Um, when our founder, Julius McCarowitz, first started working on the brand, um, there wasn't really anything that reflected the choices that he and his friends were drinking. So, you know, when he would go to the bar, he'd see everyone ordering a vodka soda, but then you look on the shelf and there's nothing that reflects that. Um, so what he did was produced a sugar-free, sweetener-free, um, 5% vodka soda in a can. 
Um, and it took off. And so in Canada, I knew it is, you know, pretty much a household name. And um, they've expanded outside of just vodka sodas um, into gin sodas, tequila sodas, hard iced teas. Um, and then just this last year, they launched in the U.S. Um, with their flagship product, which is a hard seltzer, which is what you're drinking right now. <laughs> well, I know I heard um, tequila though. I was like, I thought, when's that coming to the U.S.? They're delicious. I will keep you posted. Please keep posted. <laughs> I will literally stock up because there's no hard seltzer out there I know of that has tequila. I'm like, unless, unless I'm missing something. Or... Yeah, no, it's not super common. Um, there's actually like a, a rising trend right now with ranch water, which you might be familiar with being in Austin. Oh gosh, I'm um, like the now. worst Austinian ever. <laughs> I live my life well, in my apartment. <laughs> so funny. Um, well, ranch water is uh, typically made with a Topo Chico and tequila and lime. So it's super simple. Oh. But there have been companies that have now put this in a can and they are growing really quickly. So um, yeah, we, we had our tequila soda around too, but they're pretty similar in the fact that it's like just a tequila mm-hmm. and soda water mixture with like light flavor. And they are so, so amazing. So yeah, yeah so keep you posted on that. Please tell me, cause the cool thing about news is like, if people are like, oh, I drink white cloth and then I get hungover because of all the sugar, like that doesn't have, I, I like how nude is like, right. Yeah, I don't feel guilty even if I drink too many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of seltzers do contain sugar or other sweeteners. And um, that's a, a huge reason why nude is different is um, we don't have that. It's it's actually more of a natural essence, similar to like a LaCroix or a Perrier sparkling. Um, so it doesn't taste super sweet. It's just like that light, like aromatic um, flavor that you get. So yeah, they're, they're amazing. And um, the hard seltzers are definitely a strong entrant into the US market. And so I'm obviously really excited to see how we continue to grow here and expand our roots. Um, but I joined the team in November of this last year. Um, one of the first few US employees, mostly everyone else is still in our Vancouver office. So I'm pretty far away. Wow. Um, so you're fully remote then? I am fully remote. Yes. <laughs> so that's uh, its own challenge in itself. Sometimes it's a blessing and a curse <laughs> in its yeah. own way. Well, right now everyone's remote. So I feel like it's just the norm, but then once everyone starts mm-hmm. going back, I mean, you'll still get to wear your leggings on the bottom though. Right. And <laughs> so you'll still Everyone's be winning. <laughs> <to know. laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think it'll be so nice. Like as, as we transition back to real life, um, it'll be nice to be at home, but, um, yeah, a lot of my, my friends and family are going back to the office and I'm like, oh yeah, me too. Oh wait, never mind. I don't have an office here. <laughs> You're like my bed's just right here. I get to go like back and forth all day. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I'm fully remote down in San Diego and, and definitely working on, um, expanding the brand in the U S and starting with our influencer program. So we really didn't have one prior to me joining the team. Um, really had just uh, worked with a lot of like local Canadian influencers, which our team was close with or um, things like that. And so I am working on like building our program out from the ground up. So that's a big, um, big like job. A, I was like, that sounds like a lot of work starting from scratch, being like the one of the few US representatives um and bringing this new product into the U.S. and like seltzers are blowing up too so definitely lots of competition in terms of um getting people to want nude so 
tell us a little bit about, so you're, you're starting this new influencer marketing program. I know I, I just, I always get asked from other women of like, influencer marketing sounds so cool. Lots of people want to get into it. So if you're building out this new program, like talk to, talk to us about like kind of what's going through your head. So you're starting this out. Like, how do you decide what types of influencers that you even want to work with to bring this product to the U.S.? Yeah, um, great question. So I think first you have to define your goals. Um, my goals with Nude are completely different than my goals with BioClarity. Um, I mentioned BioClarity, our goals as a direct consumer company were bottom line sales. And so, um, you know, you have to find those influencers who are going to convert and there may be some specific things you're looking out for, whether that's, you know, a certain type of influencer or a certain um, benchmark of engagement or um, things like that. Whereas with nude, we're still definitely aware of those things, but our goal is more so awareness. And um, nude is also retail only. We don't sell online as an alcohol company. And so um, there's no way to have an influencer swipe up and, and see that direct sale. So um, yeah, our, our goals are just completely different. So definitely focused on brand awareness, but also inspiring that in-store purchase at a later date. So um, if someone sees their favorite influencer drinking nude on the weekend, and then they go to the store a week later, maybe they'll recognize the box or the can in the store when they see it. So I think that's the first step in starting an influencer program from the ground up. It's like really define your goals and how are you going to get there? So, um, I mean, another thing is like, you have to be proactive in the influencers you want to work with. There will always, always be people who will reach out to your brand, but you want to make sure that you are choosing those people and not just going with like the lowest hanging fruit. Like you really want to align your brand with the people who you feel are going to move the needle for you. So whether that's just aligning with your brand values or you know for sure that that's a powerful influencer, like that's what you want to look out for. How do you even narrow it down though? Because I feel like, I mean, there's so many influencers, your goal is brand awareness. So you don't have to be, I feel like maybe as selective as you do if you're like strictly going after a positive ROI. So like, like, where do you even like, you're like, here's so many influencers. Is it about aligning them with like nudes values or is there like demographics or ages or what are you exactly looking for? Yeah. I mean, demographic is obviously super important, um, especially with alcohol. Like we need to be targeting audiences that are of legal drinking age. So I mean, uh, like, for example, like this is maybe random, but like the Outer Banks crew, like that TV show is so hot, but like, and all of those actors, I'm, I'm fairly sure are of legal drinking age. But then if you break down their audience, they have a really young audience. So like you wouldn't want to target them. Um, so that's, that's number one is you definitely want to figure out your demo. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm personally lucky because I've always worked with companies that I like, I am the, the target demo. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, I know who's cool. Like I know who all my friends follow. I know who's making the biggest impact. Like, so um, I feel like maybe I've been a little bit lucky in that way. Um, and having you, been in, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to, I was going to point out that you said that you were the demographic, but I, you said something super, super important that I just want to repeat that it's not necessarily the demographic of the influencer, but it's the demographic of their audience. 
And I remember learning that like a lot of the girls who post on social media, like their demographic is like men. You think like, oh, it's a girl. Like her followers are probably other girls. But in reality, they're typically like mostly all men. So like really understanding the demographic of the audience first, the influencer, I think, is what you said there is part two. Yeah, that is huge. Um, and and funny enough, like some brands will take advantage of that. So a lot of like Instagram models or, you know, maybe swimwear influencers, we could put them in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them do have audiences that skew male. And so there have been brands that take advantage of that, like Bang Energy and Manscaped. They'll have um, female influencers um, market their male product because that's who yeah. they're reaching <laughs> yeah I've seen so, that too it's like oh, so I'm getting my boyfriend or whatever like here's like his manscaped whatever um like, yeah like that. yeah yeah so that's really important and and I think you know having been in the influencer marketing industry for a few years I've definitely um honed into like okay I can I can tell like from an influencer like who their audience might be so if they are one of those, you know, swimwear model type influencers, or if they are, you know, a mommy blogger and they're targeting like mostly like young moms similar to them, I think you kind of get like a better sense in being in it. And um, yeah, so I, I think that helps too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point to make. And then, so you're measuring success right now as like brand awareness. Is there any way that you can define it or is it just mostly like you're just tracking engagement on the content that your influencers produce? Yeah. So right now I think the best way to track that is engagement. Um, we also track like feedback from our community and from, you know, on the influencer post itself. Um, so, you know, if we receive like a ton of messages saying like, oh my gosh, I saw you were on so-and-so's Instagram, like that's a really big sign of success for us because it's like, okay, our message is getting out there. Um, you know, also increased in followers or increase in messages and DMs after an influencer post is another way to tell that you've gotten people over to your Instagram. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it is a lot tougher to track brand awareness. So we do have to just take you know, the insights that we do have access to and make some assumptions based off of that. Um, I will say that it was really fun and like satisfying at BioClarity to see um, direct sales as a result of influencer posts. And so um, at BioClarity, we were very analytics centric and that was something I struggled with when first joining the team was I didn't have a lot of experience in like paid media or tracking sales and, and really diving deep into the data. And so I kind of had to push myself to get there, but it is so awesome to be able to track every little thing, every swipe up, how many of those people converted, um, that sort of thing. And so, you know, for anyone looking to get into influencer marketing, it is really fun to work at a direct consumer company where you can track that directly. Um, and, you know, gives you that sense of like, okay, I did a good job. Like I made these sales happen today. <laughs> yeah. You can actually like see the numbers of like, I did, you know, I made this campaign, this many people clicked on the links and used, you know, my influencers code. Um, so that's pretty cool. Everything I've done with influencer marketing has typically been focused on conversion, but, I, but it's also a lot of pressure. I feel like, like to have, because if you don't get the conversions, like 
like you fail. Like it's very like cut and dry, like mm-hmm. whether or not you did good or not, which is a good thing or a bad thing. I think depending yeah. on which way you're looking at yeah, it. Yeah, it can be frustrating. And I mean, there, like you said, there are so many different types of influencers out there. And in my experience, there is a very select few who can convert super well. It also depends on the brand too. Um, you know, which influencers will convert for them. But like, it's, it's definitely a process to find the gems out there. And um, so, yeah, it can be a huge challenge. And, and it was definitely challenging for me at times at BioClarity. Um, and yeah, so like you said, I mean, having the goal of brand awareness um, c- can kind of like loosen up the possibilities for you. And so that's something that's really fun now with working with Nude is, the most important piece of our influencer partnerships is like aligning with them as a person rather than like, okay, I need you to make 20 sales from your discount code, you know? So it it definitely, there are pros and cons to both. Yeah. Um, My last question just around the technicalities of the rule is pricing. So this is like the other big question I get is like, how much do you pay for an Instagram post? And I know it depends on like so many different factors, but what is your approach in determining, like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people you work with, they'll send you like a kit of like, this is how much I, you know, I charge. Like, what is your approach to pricing when it comes to influencers? Oh gosh, this is like such a loaded question. I feel like I almost shouldn't even answer it because people have so many different views on it. Um, you have just like maybe general, general advice for someone is like, maybe they're trying an influencer program at their company and they're like, someone sent me a kit and they want this much money. Like, do I pay that or not? Or like, any guidance you can give on, on pricing and how to do it? So um, a rule of thumb that I learned early on, which is probably out of date at this point, but at least it can give you like some sort of starting point is a cent per follower. So, and this is, this is for like a, an in-feed post, although in-feed posts are usually more expensive than stories. So on Instagram, if I didn't say that, um, so if they have, let's say a hundred thousand followers, then your starting point would be a thousand dollars, but that is just for the post itself. Maybe that doesn't include usage or exclusivity. So you have to work that in if you want that. Um, but again, I mean, this was a few years ago and so it completely depends on the influencer. Um, it depends on the value they bring to the table. If let's say they are on a TV show or something, like they have some celebrity status, like that adds value to them. Um, if they've been an influencer for a super long time and they are like a proven converter, that will add value. And so, yeah, you're probably not looking at many influencers with a hundred thousand followers who are charging only a thousand dollars anymore. But again, it's a starting point. Um, and then the other piece of advice I have is to align the prices with your goals. So going back to goals, like if you know you have to make a certain number of conversions based off of their rate, then like break it down for yourself. So, you know, go back to your, how your website performs. And if you get a certain amount of conversions based on, you know, all the visits that you get, then maybe you can break that out into like, okay, how many visits do I expect to get from this influencer? And then how many conversions then would I get from them? And so you can kind of justify like how much to pay per conversion. And and so sometimes that'll help you out. Um, But at the end of the day, 
you have to respect the fact that this is an influencer's career. They put a ton of work into each post and they've worked hard to get the platform that they have. And so um, it's, it's definitely not a cheap way to advertise, but it can be so powerful when done right. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good point. And I, when you're just starting out, you probably learn a lot as you start to do campaigns of like, I mean, obviously like a, like a makeup products are going to convert differently than, you know, than some, something more expensive versus like something where you can't track. So like every product is also different. So it's hard um, to say one thing, but yeah. And it's funny because like no, no resource out there will either will like also give you a straight answer just because it's always so different, like what you said. Um, but I think it's like, I think what you said there, just like seeing what else they add to the table that's valuable, like proven converters, a huge one. They're a celebrity. That's a big one. If they are big on other platforms, they're not just going to share it on Instagram. If they're going to also do it on other platforms. Um, and if you think they could have a long-term relationship with them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're right on. And I think a long-term relationship is really the goal for a lot of influencers and brands. You know, you want to make sure that your relationship is coming across really authentic. And so um, a one-off post doesn't really do that for people anymore. Um, And so, yeah, long-term relationships are definitely the way to go. And that will help with the rate itself too. Usually um, influencers who are looking for a longer-term partnership with their favorite brand will have a little bit more flexibility in their rate. And so that's definitely something to consider too. Um, so talk to us a little bit about influencers connection with PR. How do the two tie together uh, in your experience? Yeah, totally. So, um, influencers are PR at this point. Um, I think PR in general is just like how you're telling your story as a brand. And so, you know, honestly, I would say influencers are equally as important these days to traditional press and other things. I mean, um, it, it really just comes down to, yeah, how you're getting your story out there and how you're, um, really connecting with your target audience. And so now people really trust their favorite influencers and they're on Instagram all the time. And, and so influencers really have become like a source of press and things like that. Um, so it's, it's sometimes one in the same. Um, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of value in influencers outside of just like what they post on Instagram. Like you could do events, which tie into PR, you could do, um, a brand partnership with, you know, another brand or an influencer and, um, that ties into PR. And so it all kind of like blends together into this whole, like, how are you telling your story best? How are you reaching your target? Yeah. I think it's just good to point that out. Sorry, Ocean's going to make an appearance on my, my lap. Oh, <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> um, it's important to know that they tie together because I've seen a lot of influencer marketing managers who also have the title PR in their title, especially if it's a smaller company. So knowing if you like, do you want to maybe get into the influencer space to like learn some stuff, some basics about PR, because there'll likely be a lot of overlap in your role, which leads me to my next question, which is for someone who's looking to get into influencer marketing, what can they do to better qualify and prepare themselves? Yeah. So, um, I think, Experience is important, obviously, but you can get that in ways outside of just working with influencers. So maybe it's PR because that's huge. Like I I think, but what I was going to say is sales experience, you know, maybe that's just from my own journey, like sales experience can help you so much 
in this industry because I mean, in influencer marketing, sometimes you have to have that salesperson mentality. You have to be able to email anyone, get on the phone, you know, find the opportunities to support one another, that sort of thing. And so um, I find, you know, sales experience to be greatly valuable in my career, like across the board. Um, but I would say the same thing for PR. Like if you're, um, if you're a, a, ju- a junior publicist and you're trying to send pitches out to like anyone you can get in touch with at magazines, like that's pretty much the same. You're doing sales. So I, I would say that's great experience to try to get into influencer marketing because again, there is still rejection um, in the influencer marketing world. I mean, not every influencer wants to partner, partner with your brand and, you know, your brand probably doesn't want to partner with every single influencer. So um, I think there's a lot of crossover there. Um, I, I, I mean, I feel like sales is like good for any, any industry. It's always good, but especially influencers, because you are basically, you're just selling influencers to promote your product and you're trying to get a good price for it. So I think influencer marketing especially has a huge overlap with sales. Um, yeah, that's a great point, especially like on the negotiation front. Um, that's been a huge part of my job at many points. And so getting comfortable speaking numbers, like being straight up, that, that comes from sales too. Yes. Yes. You can't be afraid to, to negotiate, which I think is great. So in general for career advice, do you have any advice for women right now who are looking to start careers in, in marketing or maybe looking to make a switch, um, into the, and start uh, their marketing careers? So I know right now is a really tough time trying to find a job. It's a tough market. Um, I've had several friends and family affected by um, the pandemic and who have you know lost their jobs or gotten furloughed and um, all of that stuff. And so um, I know it's tough, but I would say like you can't sit around idly and just wait for things to happen. Um, you have to put yourself out there and, and prove your value in whatever you're doing. So if you currently have a job that you don't love, you still like work hard and prove to anyone you work with, like that you can get this done because you never know, like that person could help you out later, or at least like building the confidence in a role that maybe you don't love, then you're going to be able to take that to your next place. You know, in another situation, if, if you're looking for a job and you're having a tough time, like what else, what other things can you do for yourself that will put you in a better position? So, um, for example, when I was at my first job, um, at the ad tech startup and I wanted to kind of pivot over into social media and marketing, I built myself a website and made it just like a little portfolio. And I didn't have anything like huge and important, but I had enough, um, experience from like college and social media accounts that I'd run in the past that like, I was able to put something together pretty that made an impact. And that's how I landed my next job. And so um, I would say, make sure that you're doing everything you can work hard now because it will pay off later. That's a great piece of advice, especially if like, maybe you don't have that, you haven't managed an Instagram account. So now is a great time to, you know, create your own or find like a startup you can work for and intern for. Um, and I'm a big, like big believer in the power of a portfolio. So all great advice. And outside of your career, Emily, what are some of your dreams? What are you hoping to achieve? Because you are so young, even though you've done so much already, what else is left out there that you're hoping to to achieve? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, 
Um, in the short term, I dream every day of adopting a dog. So seeing Aww. yours, I'm just like, oh, the day is so close. I can almost taste you it. You gotta do it. It's like the thing you have to do. Once COVID's over, I feel like it's unacceptable anymore because everyone just got their little COVID puppies. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like so behind the times. But um, <laughs> that's a huge dream, honestly. I, ha- I dream of having a dog and a cat that are best friends. And like having them cuddle. I, I've also like, I love, um, there's an account called Henry the Colorado dog. And it's like a dog and a cat that go on like these crazy like camping adventures together. And the cat just like rides along the dog and Aww. will like go on hikes and things. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to train my future animals to do this. <laughs> wow. Wait, what would you say it was called again? It's called Henry the Colorado dog. All right. I'm and the cat's name is Balu. Oh, <laughs> so nice. yeah, that's a, that's definitely a short-term dream of mine. Um, but honestly, like I, I feel like I put so much like of myself into, you know, the brands that I align myself with. So like, really, I want nude to become a household name first, like here in San Diego, where I have a local impact but of course like grow the brand outside of that and I know that's part of career but like that's a personal goal too and um you know I would love to further connect myself with like the San Diego community I feel so fortunate to have been born and raised here and so I definitely want to continue um finding ways where I can be further connected and um yeah those are two very great goals I hope new becomes (laughs) household in San Diego and next time I pop into my local Whole Foods, I will go ahead and be able to grab a case. <laughs> yeah. And then totally. I'll run into Emily with her dog and cat and her cat riding on her dog's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And all the trails. That'll be me. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that one. <laughs> all right, Emily. And where can our audience find you if they want to learn more about you? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Emily Drake. Um, my title will be influencer and PR manager at Nude Beverages. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at QT Emily. That's a Q as in the letter T Emily. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, well, thank you. I mean, I'll cheers you one last time with our our nudes, our virtual cheers. I wish we could have like a yes. clinking style, clink against my microphone. <laughs> cheers. Well, um, also everyone, wait until our hard iced teas come out here in the U.S slowly rolling out they're delicious yeah that sounds like perfect <laughs> I can imagine myself drinking one laying out by the pool I'm ready <laughs> yeah let's get going with summer come on <laughs> I'm I'm ready I survived it I was just telling Emily before the the show I survived the Austin snowstorm uh moved to Texas for the the warm weather the shorts the cowboy boots and I was covered in snow so I am beyond ready for summer Hey, you survived and you deserve this summer that's coming. I do. Although I'll be here on the podcast complaining how hot it is for sure. Once we get to like <laughs> July, August, but um, well, that's it for today. Thank you again, Emily, for coming on the podcast. I had a blast chatting with you. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Same. Thanks for having me.